0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Since the majority of people here are married, I just want to say one thing before I carry on um, which should have been done before marriage but it's not too late and that is that the concept of preparation for marriage uh, when people get fixed, then preparation means that we need to get the wedding dress, we need to find the hall, we need to find a good location, a good venue, we need to have the right suit for the wedding, uh, guest lists, what the food items are going to be, and so on and so forth. Everything gets put into that. Every, all the energy gets focused on that. And I think what's really, really important is that the preparation for marriage is a lot more than that essentially you don't want to put everything for the sake of one day and then after that not be concerned about how you are gonna live in this marriage beyond that one day so some some people may suffer from that later on because they didn't really prepare uh, a lot of the issues in marriage and I don't wanna focus on issues today although that is generally what the biggest task, uh, biggest issue is with regards to marriage a lot of the focus uh, is on Dealing with differences, dealing with uh, incompatibilities, dealing with perceived incompatibilities and so-called conflicts and things like that. So, you see, I want to talk about the positives. That alhamdulillah with help, um, when it comes to marriage, there's a lot of assistance that is out there that people generally don't focus on and take on. Uh, one of the main sources of knowledge about marriage that a person has is basically from seeing their own parents. From seeing their own parents, from seeing maybe older siblings who have been married or maybe uncles and aunts, people in their family generally. And then beyond that it may be friends who have recently been married or have been married before you and you've learnt some experience, you've you've been able to get some experience from them about their marriages. And you know what the strangest thing about marriage is, is that it's like marriage is very unique to the couple. Yes, there are a lot of experiences that you can share with one another and you can benefit from. There's no doubt about that because we're all human beings at the end of the day. And there are certain core behavioral aspects which are very important for marriage that we can learn from one another. The Prophet said something, he says that um, I am, the, the best of you is the one with the best character. And then he also said that I am the one who's best to his wives. The prophet was dealing with one more one uh, more than one wife at a time for the majority of the rest of his uh, for the later part of his life until his death when he passed away he had nine wives. And he basically said I'm the best to my I am the best of you to my wives. And he could claim that. A lot of uh, uh, I mean obviously he's speaking to men and here we have primarily women and we have men. So this works both ways. Good character worth works both ways. Good character is required for any... If you read a book on business and partnership, uh, even managerial positions, uh, CEOs, leaders, one of the biggest lessons that you can learn from these is just basically decent interaction, interaction skills, uh, skills of discourse. Uh, You're you're always, whenever you're with somebody else, you're going to hear something that you may not like Because not everybody is going to always speak at your level Or interact at your level Or do things that will be always pleasing to you Because we're human beings, every human being has an individual individual identity Behavioral pattern uh, Customs, conduct, and so on and so forth And until you live with someone for a very long time That they understand you What you like and what you don't like And you understand them As to what they like And what they don't like And you've a- adjusted yourself to that Then until then You're going to have to learn to just deal with it And even after that Sometimes something may happen from your partner That you may feel a bit strange Because you, know, you may think I've lived with somebody for 5 years or 7 years And I know, I know everything about them but sometimes you could even be surprised after that. Generally not. I mean, the more you live with somebody so closely, so intimately, you you, you get to know them. So marriage is all about adjustment, massive adjustment. If you're going to stick to your, uh, you know, if you're going to stick to your position and you don't want to uh, make a change, even when you think you're absolutely right, you may be right. You may be right, but they may also be right from the perspective in which they're looking at it. So then if everybody's going to not try to understand the other's perspective, because they think they're right. And again, you can have cases where two people who are arguing with one another could both be right, but in their own ways. But until they don't listen to the other way, they will never understand how you can be right and also not be flexible enough to try to adjust. That, that's, a, that, that, that's something that you, you will eventually only learn from experience if nobody tells you that. Because always we think we're right. And in a marriage you've got so much invested. You've got so much invested that you can't just basically spoil it through a basic excuse. So one of the really core ingredients of marriage is adjustment. And willing to... Make a difference And willing to sacrifice your opinion To listen to the other person So husband and wife have to learn to understand one another One of the biggest problems in, in marriage Is where one partner expects the other person to know better She should know He should just know that Why doesn't he get it? Everybody knows that My family, you know, because your, your reference point Is probably your own family and friends your partner may be from a totally different family where their customs are totally different behavioral patterns are totally different so you may think well i know it i get it it's as clear as daylight why, don't they, why doesn't he or she get it so you can see there's a lot for turmoil that's why a marriage is an investment it's a religious investment in a couple that's why we don't believe in loose, loose dating because in, in dating it's a very loose relationship and soon soon you're going to find out about a defect because everybody has weaknesses, everybody has shortcomings and defects you can only act up to a certain point and behave in a certain way. Eventually after you've become a bit informal, our weaknesses will show so when you've got no investment, as in you've not taken any vows, there's not been any marriage ceremony and you're just basically trying to get to know one another such in a dating process, then it's easy to say, okay, I'm not interested in this. And sometimes people who have been from divorced families need to be even more careful. Because they've seen divorce, they've lived in a divorced situation. So sometimes they may think that I can take it lightly because I'm used to that situation. So sometimes there are statistics which show that, People from divorced families could end up repeating that. And it doesn't have to be the case. I know so many people who are from dis- divorced families, right? whose parents were divorced, and mashallah, they have very happy marriages. So you mustn't think that you're doomed just because your parents were divorced. That should not be the case. So the main thing is that to try to understand one another. And mashallah, once people can be made to understand one another, either by themselves if they're being proactive, or with the help of... a uh, a friend or a maulana, a shaykh, a counselor, whatever the case is, you'd be surprised that where you thought that your marriage was literally on the rocks and it was going to end, how it can be brought back. And I know, alhamdulillah, many, many happy stories about that. Right. So it's not just all bad stories. There are huge amount of stories about divorce. There's no doubt about that. But there are also a lot of stories about people just carrying on. So I dealt with a case several years back. And mashallah, that couple is... A wonderful couple now. But they were on the rocks, essentially, because. And the conflict was not necessarily between husband and wife, fundamentally. They were fine with one another. The husband's an easy-going man. The wife may have been a bit stubborn because of the condition in which she was in, that she was living with, the, with her in-laws. And essentially, the father-in-law she must have said something, or she once took off when it became a bit unbearable for her. And sometimes, you know, women do go through hormonal challenges, right? And basically she left, eventually she left. The father-in-law took this as a massive insult, Un- unforgiving. And you have that, sometimes the parents are unforgiving. There's not something you can, you have to try extra hard to get, get out of this situation because the parents are unrelenting. So he just wouldn't want to forgive her. And he basically told his son that you can't basically bring her back here. So now, generally speaking, even if you're okay with your wife or husband, a lot of the time you'll be the, the the parents' influence is huge. Where there's no problem, the parents could actually because they 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 see a bit of a uh, a difference in terms of the daughter that she's brought into the that they brought into the house, the daughter-in-law, as such. She doesn't conform to their ways fully. They're not willing to give her time yet. They want her to be just the same as them. Right In the way they cook, in the way they get up in the morning, in the way they uh, go to sleep at night, or in the way she uses the bathroom, or whatever the case is, or she cleans up after her, or doesn't clean up, or is not there, or not there, or she goes home too much, all of these things. They want her to be, sometimes they just want her to be the same as them right from the first. They don't understand that people have to be trained. They think like this is a homogenous world we live in. It's just sad, I mean you can't change that, you're going to have to help them to understand that. So the father put a lot of pressure on her. I mean, you you, you understand what I'm saying is that sometimes you may be completely fine, but then you, you could be basically convinced otherwise. If not fully convinced, you could be influenced otherwise. And then you get torn between two situations. That's why the husband's job, especially if he's living with his parents and his wife, even if he's not, it's always going to be a difficult situation. It's always going to be a difficult situation. Especially for our communities where the wife comes to the husband's family. You know, uh, before, uh, uh, before I carry on with this, there are, two, there are at least two, two societies in the world where the husband actually moves into the women's side of the family. And initially when I heard about that, I thought that was really strange. I thought that was unmanly, not chivalrous, because at the end of the day, it's the man who has to provide, right? But in the, it's in their culture. It's in their culture that the husband goes to the wife's house, the parents, and that's where they stay until they can buy their own place. So you've got the among the Tamil community in Sri Lanka, right? Because I was invited by one of my students or friends there and uh, he said, this is actually my father-in-law's house. So what are you doing in your father-in-law's house? That's so unmanly. Like what would you be doing in your wife's, your in-law's house? He says, that's a tradition, that's among tradition. I was just like, why? Like what do you, you know, what, what is this tradition? I try to understand the wisdom because, you know, we can be very judgmental. And then later I actually found that in Malaysia it's similar. So in, at least in many of the Malaysian communities, at least what the one Pakistani, brother, uh, Pakistani Sheikh I met there who was actually married to a Malaysian, this is, their commun- this is the way they do things as well. So you know what the benefit of it is? There's actually a benefit in there. When the wife has to come to the husband's house, which means his mother, then it's not her mother, so there's gonna, there, there could be that conflict. But if she's at her own house, she's going to be the dweller in the house. The husband is coming in and out. It's easier for the husband to adjust because a lot of it is to do around with the kitchen and food and stuff like that. A lot of the conflict between mother-in-law and uh, daughter-in-law is to do with kitchen and food and stuff. right? Well, that's where it manifests itself. So here she's working under her own mother. She's learning to cook there. If she doesn't know how to cook, she's just come out of education or whatever the case is where she's marrying young and she her mother can can help her cook and guide her and so on and so forth as long as the mother as long as now they're fine with the son-in-law generally in many traditions except one tradition that I've heard of and I don't necessarily need to take their name but is only one tradition where i know where the husband where the son-in-law has to actually work as a, you know he has to basically serve when he comes otherwise in most other traditions that i know about the son-in-law is respected is honored is there's real hospitality, and that's why in some traditions they actually call going to, for the man to go to his in-laws' house jannat Gagar. right? Basically, because you're going to get really good, right? And I'm sure that's in your traditions as well. Everybody sitting here, right? When you go to your in-laws, you get you sh- well. You should be treated well, but uh, so th- there's less of a conflict like that. I'm not saying we need to change our tradition because this would be at least in some Indian community this would be completely unmanly to do. But I see the wisdom in it, I see that it probably works even better, right? Uh, although if that was an obligation, it would be very hard on the parents because already in many communities we have problems of uh, uh, paying jahaz. Alhamdulillah, you don't have that in the Gujarati community, but in, uh, I think it's a Bangladeshi community, UP community, maybe Hyderabadi community and others, where the women have to basically kit out the house, put the furniture in the house and everything, and the fathers, are, they've got a few daughters, they're complaining about it. So going back to what we were saying, this couple, the father didn't want her back in the house, and she knew that it was very difficult for her to stay in that house anyway. So what what else do you do now? The son didn't have enough money to move out. He's the only son, in fact. He's the father's only son. So, practically speaking, is his only son. He he doesn't want to leave his father as well. He's a he's a very he's a he's a very mashallah serving person. Like he he's he's very generous, very serving. Uh, very soft-hearted person, he doesn't want to leave his father as well, so what, what do you do then? The next thing is divorce. Okay, let's find somebody else who can work with my father. Alhamdulillah, they came and managed to speak sense into both of them. And I said, look, you've got no problem with that. I believe they already had a child by then. I said, you, cannot, you, 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 can, you can basically not just give her up. Because I realized at the bottom of it, they had their small minor issues. But the bigger issue was with the in-laws, not with the husband and wife. And they had a child together, at least one child. I said, you're going you're to have to go out of your way to preserve this marriage. Even if that means that you have to move out of your house somehow. And the possibility was that, she, she, that he, he could actually go and stay. Uh, and I think the way they initially did it was that he would stay with his parents for five days of the week or something like that. And then for two days the weekend, he would spend with her. Alhamdulillah now they've got their own house and they're separate and they're living peacefully mashallah, both of them and it's been several years since then So sometimes what happens is that you have to make a big change and adjustment to get it right A lot of people are waiting for a miracle Especially the in-laws they're waiting for miracles Another case that I dealt with where the, do- the, the, the son, the only son who's living with the father, got, got married, and mashallah, the daughter in law got along very well with the father, and there was no problems at all. Then the mother in law had passed away, so the father decided to get married again, which is again n- not a problem that he got married, he got married again, and now a conflict arose between the stepmother, as such, of the son, right? So the father's new wife and the daughter in law. And again, if you look at both of these individuals, they're completely fine on their own. The, ste- the, the mother and the daughter-in-law, they bo- they're, they're both fine on their own. But when you put them together, they just can't function. Again, most of it to do with cleaning and kitchen issues. right? Just different, uh, the different styles. Someone wants to cook early, someone doesn't want to cook early. Which day do you cook? What type of food do you cook? Because the, the stepmother is from another country. right? So she is focused on Indian food, whereas the the daughter-in-law's cooking more non-Indian food, more Western food SubhanAllah, you know, everything can be a conflict essentially so they tried one, two years saying all sorts, blaming this person, blaming that person, all the rest of it right, massive issue Alhamdulillah, finally what they did was they separated, they made a separate flat upstairs for the son to move in with his family right, there's no door in between But it's just that their kitchens are separate, their cooking quarters are separate, their main rooms are uh, separate and everything. But they share other aspects. And now, alhamdulillah, they both get along. Both these women, they get along perfectly. So, you have to, uh, of course it costs them. It may have cost them a £100,000 to basically make that change in the house to, you know, uh, make a loft. So you get a few extra rooms uh, to basically make another kitchen and all the rest of it. Alhamdulillah they get along now There are so many stories like that And if they don't do that And if they don't think proactively and practically Then what just happens is that they it ends up in divorce And okay if it's just husband and wife They've got no children Understandable move along it's okay But where that's not the case Right where that's not the case Then you need to try to do You can, Especially when husband and wife don't have the conflict I'm talking about cases where husband and wife Are fine between them But all of this was putting pressure on that marriage So These are Alhamdulillah good stories There's yet another story Of a couple who got married And the woman who got married was Was told that she's going to be moving in with the in-laws And not just that, it was just the mother-in-law, the father-in-law had passed away And Her husband-to-be has actually a disabled brother and two disabled sisters, if I've got that right right so there's three disabled people in the house she's gonna be moving into that and she realizes very clearly that she's gonna have to be of great service there she's gonna have to work hard and she's fine she said that's fine I'm willing to do the khidma mashallah. you know but you got people who want to do that khidma they they don't mind going into that scene so she goes in she gets married and everything now imagine it the husband it's the husband was a massive role Right? And of course the wife has a role But the husband has a bigger role Because it's his in-laws that we're talking about It's his parents that we're talking about Now what happens is She's working, no problem But anytime there's a slight issue The mother-in-law stops talking to her for days on end That's her way of dealing with it That's just her way She's just very sensitive If you're sensitive like that Then see yourself in this position that you may do this right? Or are you already doing it? Where you just give the silent treatment is there no other way you can deal with it i know husbands and wives and other people who have conflicts but they never break up breaking up and not speaking to one another is not in their vocabulary it is such a babyish thing to do i tell my children the same thing right that you cannot break up with anybody because they come back and they say he is not speaking to such and such a person. I said, that's just so silly. Have your little argument, whatever, sort it out and go carry on. This attitude that I'm going to, yes, there are serious cases, serious cases where you may have to shun somebody for a while. But if you're going to do this for every small thing, then what kind of a punishment is that even to somebody? Punishments have to be proportionate if you even think it's a punishment. So she used to get the cold shoulder, the cold treatment for... Two three, you know, two three days. How can you live like that in a house where your husband's mostly out doing work, and it's you and your mother-in-law? You're living like a stranger, right? Where you can't speak to the other person. So the husband looks at this issue now. Remember that most husbands won't have three siblings who are disabled, who need help, right? And those kind of people even find it hard to move out or to take the step to move out. Allah bless this guy. He found a house close by and he moved out with his wife. Right? Initially, that's tough because it's like you're forsaking us, you're abandoning us. But it's that's, that wasn't. This was a strategic move. And a lot of the time, the solution is in this. So he did that, and today, alhamdulillah, there's no problem again. And they've been it's been over ten years since that move. So initially, these kind of things feel dif- difficult because parents. Have a certain future vision that I'm gonna have. I chose you out of all my children, I chose you to stay with me. You are my most beloved son. You are the one you know, who I thought is going to do my khidmah. Right? And now you wanna move out because of this foreign woman that's coming in the house. Right? But little do they know that that's the only way to deal with it sometimes. Otherwise, you may get rid of this wife what 's going to happen if he brings if you get married to somebody else and you know a lot of the time it 's actually nieces and it 's actually their own niece sometimes it 's not even a, 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 somebody from another family it 's actually the mother 's own niece that they 're having this problem with sometimes so the the solution to all of this is to think proactively practically, and be willing to take make a big adjustment but the husband 's responsibility is the biggest responsibility because this is this is what the challenge is really you know what the challenge is? when the mother-in-law who's been bringing up her son doting on him and everything he gets married there's another woman who's a competition now she may not think of it as a competition but subconsciously it's a comp- competition I bought this guy up I bought my son up and now this other s- woman has an influence on him see what I'm saying and from the wife's perspective it's like he's my husband he needs to focus on me Right, so they all, whether you know, it's just about adjusting that focus and adjusting that attention. That's why the solution is a huge amount of du'a, right? Because your du'a should start before your marriage, and if you're already married and you're having issues, it's not too late. So, one of the most potent and effective du'a's that I found is (laughs) رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَسْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنٍ. It's at the end of Surah Al-Furqan, a few verses from the end And uh, the, Our Lord grant us From our spouses, so he works for both husband and wife And from our progeny, so that children and grandchildren And it, it basically is effective for up to the day of judgment Whoever will be born from your, you, know, from you uh, Grant us from them source of joy and delight for our eyes, and make us imams, leaders of the righteous ones. So you will be a force for good if that du'a gets accepted. Ulama have written about this du'a, that this is such a powerful du'a dua of the Qur'an that if you keep reading this and you basically act practically and reasonably, you will find that anything in your spouse that is upsetting you because there's always going to be good points and there's going to be bad points. And the problem arises when you make the bad points magnified in your sight so that you don't even see the good, good side anymore. All the good. Oh, yeah, yeah, she. Does she have any good points, brother? Uh, let me think. Yeah, yeah, she does have a few good points. You know, when I ask, oh, she does have a few good points. It's just totally off the radar. It's all about the bad points because they become magnified. Humans have this ability to magnify one point over the other. What is racism? That you've magnified your difference based on your ethnicity or whatever. And for other people where there's still different ethnicities, but they have no problem with that. See what I'm saying? They have no problem with that. It's just you've magnified a certain idea in your mind. You just have to demote it. So what this dua does, it helps you to manage that fanaticism or manage that sensitivity or manage that focus so what the ulama write is that either allah will actually remove their bad points that bother you like eradicate them and it will leave them or allah will cover them up so that you will ignore them and they won't be a big deal anymore which basically means that they will be demoted in your mind and the good points will become bigger and believe me that's the only way to deal with a marriage Focus on the good and that's what the prophet ﷺ said no man should hate a woman no husband should hate his wife because if there's something that he's displeased with there's going to be there's going to be other characteristics that he's pleased with he's basically saying what you know the psychologists would tell you is focus on the good be positive magnify the positive let that make you happy right of course if somebody that doesn't mean that the other person has no job and no task at all they have to obviously try to subdue their bad qualities so for example, if a, if a man or woman has no ability to seek forgiveness, to apologize because they never think they're wrong. And even if they know they're wrong, they just have this psychological dilemma where they can't say sorry, then that's a massive issue. Because it all comes from arrogance, narcissism, conceitedness, uh, pride. And that's why that is all against good character. Good character is where you moderated your behavior. And you don't, and you need you, you need behavior, moderated behavior, more in marriage than probably in any other situation. So, I hope that gives us a bit of food for thought. Uh, so that's one challenge about the in-laws and so on. The other challenge when you get married, since everybody's married here, is when the children arrive. When children arrive, generally in this case, it's the women because now they've got to, they've had, they've been through a lot of nine months of carrying the baby it's not easy there's been massive hormonal changes there's a certain you know uh, intense connection and bonding with the child sometimes more than the husband has because he just did his job and she had to carry the baby and she and then of course it may be the first baby it may even be the same one and it's difficult some women just don't know how to deal with it in the beginning you need a lot of help right staying up at night and breastfeeding and all the rest of it it's not easy So the husband needs to be careful about that time. He needs to be supportive. I want my right from you. That's my fundamental right, he's saying. Okay, that's fine. It is a fundamental right. But don't you see that there's another... There's a baby now in place. Are you going to hate your own son or daughter? Right? Because you want your right. But at the same time, women should not use it as an excuse of where they can oblige that they don't oblige. And I mentioned this very in detail in my book because this is aside from the in-laws the second biggest issue is when children arise right and women sometimes you know the husband has to understand women sometimes do go through postpartum depression which is a massive hormonal challenge that they go through and then just not thinking right at that time as well but if I speak to the wives you know I, I have to tell them that you do have to do your best right tired fatigued whatever Communicate, try to do your best, right and try to brave up and, and to be stronger as well. Both sides need to be sensitive about these things. So in-laws are the first challenge, the second challenge is basically when come, children come about. And then there are serious, several other challenges. There is money problems is another one. right? The husband doesn't give enough to the wife to spend, right? Or he gives a very limited amount and asks her for an itemized billing every month, right? I mean, maybe I'll suggest that they should use QuickBooks or something like that. <laughs> SubhanAllah, I mean, if, you're, if your husband is asking you for itemized billing, then how are you going to remember that? Right? So maybe just, nowadays you get apps, I mean, I'm just trying to be helpful. Like if that's how your husband is. Right? Husband shouldn't do that. Of course, if, if, the, if one of the partners is a spendthrift, then it is, you know, it is kind of the responsibility, moral responsibility for each one to, to try to, help moderate that because you know money has to come from somewhere and the prophet ﷺ said that nafaqa, moderation in your spending is half of your livelihood because you don't have necessarily always control of what comes in but you do have control of what should go out so you just have to kind of tame your spending your standard and things like that so that's another generally con- conflict that i've spoken about and another conflict is basically intimacy matters That sometimes can be one of the biggest conflicts, intimacy matters. I've alluded to it earlier, but intimacy issues. Uh, One person is not fulfilled, right? One of the spouses are not fulfilled. How do you deal with that? Right? Because sometimes there's an embarrassment, you know, there's a shyness aspect. When it comes to husband and wife, there should be no shyness, to be honest. But you don't want to say it in a vulgar way either. So each of the partners, each of the spouses need to be open with one another about their needs and their desires, right? And the other one should be willing to give whatever is halal in a marital relationship, especially today when we're living in an overly hyper, hyper-sexualized world where things are basically available at your fingertips. And unfortunately, some people may already be, have ideas from, from such venues. So then it becomes even more complicated so that's why whatever is halal should, should, uh, you know, should be voiced to one another in, in an appropriate way and they should muster up enough courage to be able to do that to say this is what I would like and this is what you would like or what would you like, I mean they should be proactive in that So that, that's another thing um, Constraint of space, these are all different conflicts but alhamdulillah where people are willing to make a change and want to make it survive then yes, it takes sacrifice. It it requires major adjustment, but it can be, insha'Allah. So I think I'll 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 stop there. Uh, hopefully, that's beneficial in terms of the the, the various things and.